0: Is from again the book of Ecclesiastes. We uh, read from this book two weeks ago. And today we're reading from uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. This is the Word of God. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than the sacrifice offered by fools they do not know how to keep from doing evil. Never be rash with your mouth, or let your heart be quick to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you upon earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For dreams come with many cares, and a fool's voice with many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. For he has no pleasure in fool's. Fulfill what you vow. It's better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. Do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your words and destroy the work of your hands? With many dreams come vanities and a multitude of words. But fear God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The stress that we're all under has been striking, hasn't it? Uh, About two weeks ago, I was walking my dog down at Robinson Park, which I do typically almost every morning during the week. And I felt this tightness in my chest that I'd never felt before. And at first I thought, did I have too much coffee? (laughs) Uh, No, that can't be, because I always drink a lot of coffee. (laughs) Now, what's different? Something feels odd, and I I wondered then, am I having like a panic attack? But it didn't quite feel like a panic attack, it just felt different, it felt tense. And I started to realize that maybe this is just because of the prolonged stress. Just everywhere you look, it's anxiety and and stress and anger frustration and everything that we talk about is about all those things that cause us to feel that way. It feels like we can't really even ever get away from it. <laughs> even if we're talking to people who feel the same way that we do, we're still talking about it and it stresses us out. Just a couple nights ago, I ran into Ryan at the rec center and he described a similar feeling. I'm not telling you what Ryan's, Ryan's experience is. <laughs> but it was uh, a similar kind of just feeling like, gosh, this is so hard. And I know that it's not just leaders who are feeling that way. We're all feeling this way of just stressed, anxious, depressed, (laughs) lonely. We have so many decisions to make and so many pivots to make, sometimes multiple pivots within the same week. Daycare is open. Now it's closed. (laughs) Now we're sick. What do we do? Now our church is closed. So many different pivots and and changes that we're dealing with. And and it's so hard to get away from all this stress. And and what's hardest is the long-term effect of living with the stress. And I think that's why I started to feel this tightness in my chest, is I've never lived, just like most of us, with this long-term stress that we really can't get away from. That's what makes it so difficult. That's what's so challenging. The only thing I could think that I could really compare this experience to is uh, working in a toxic work environment. If you've ever worked in a toxic work environment, especially with a small group of people, you know how terrible that can feel. To every day go to the workplace and you run into the same people that you just maybe butt heads with, or they're rude, or you just see things so differently, but yet you have to be there together all day, every day. And it just feels like it's never going to change. I had that experience, that unfortunate experience for a little over a year and a half, and every day felt like forever. And even when I was away from the job, I just felt depressed and and even angry sometimes. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it just felt like it was never going to change. Thankfully, during that time in my life, I had people that I could go and talk to mentors and friends and family, and they would listen. It was so important for me to be able to process and vent sometimes and learn from what was going on. And I I read books about leading like Jesus and assertive communication. It was a very formational time for me. But a real pivot happened when I realized that nothing that I would say could actually change the experience, that I could talk and talk and talk about the stress, even if I was right, or I could vent about the things that had happened that day but it came to a point where nothing was going to actually change was going to actually change. I started to realize that there was actually nothing that I could do or say different. But the most important thing that I could start to do more of was to listen. To listen to my mentor, to listen to my friends, to listen to my family, and this is the key. Not necessarily listen to uh, what they would say about my problems, (laughs) but maybe listen to something else that they would talk about. Maybe they didn't want to talk about problems at all. Maybe they wanted to talk about something that was filled with joy. Or maybe the way of just listening was listening to God by not talking and just being more in the moment and appreciating the gift of companionship and support an encouragement that comes just from being together. A real pivot happened when I realized that there was nothing that I could say that could change that circumstance, but instead I needed to listen. And when I started to listen, I actually found contentment. Contentment just means happiness and satisfaction. Even though the circumstances weren't going to change for a long, long time and I knew that, I just came to a place of accepting those circumstances, listening more, trusting in God, and I found contentment in daily life. Solomon talks about this kind of posture towards life in this uh, chapter of Ecclesiastes. First of all, he talks about drawing near to God, and when you draw near to God, watch your steps. Now, when we think about drawing near to God as you enter the temple, you might think about coming into the church building. And yes, for Solomon, that's what he meant. But now in the New Testament, uh, we're told that we as people, as God's people who follow Jesus, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So you can quite literally make the connection between uh, God's Spirit living in us. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Meaning uh, we are constantly in the presence of God. So in other words, uh, when you draw close to God, Be cautious of your steps. Be cautious of what you're saying, how you're acting, what you're doing. Basically, for us, means always, (laughs) always realize that God is with you, that God is listening, that God is watching, and have a respect, a reverence for God. That's what he means by what Solomon means by fear is not to be fearful that God is going to punish you, like some people may think, but instead to have a healthy respect. For God To realize, like Solomon says, that God is in heaven and we are on earth. And while we are with God in spirit, God's ways are so far beyond ours. God's wisdom is so far beyond ours. That when we come into God's presence, when we realize God's presence, we need to understand that he has way more to say, way more wisdom to impart than we could possibly imagine. So first of all, the first action is to draw near to God, to make space in your life to receive from God with an understanding that God is far greater than us. And the second action that Solomon talks about is to listen. Listening is pretty obvious, right? But it implies a couple of other things that are really important to understand. That real listening actually requires refraining from speaking. You cannot listen as well as you can the, to the maximum uh, possible if you're still talking. If you don't believe me, try it after, after you watch this today. Try to listen to whoever you're, whoever's talking to you while you're still talking. It doesn't work very well. So Solomon says it's, it's better to uh, speak little. What does he say? I, I'd rather you hear it from him. Let your words be few. Therefore, let your words be few so that you can listen. Because listening to God acknowledges that God knows more than we do. We receive from God with humility, reverence, or respect. Listening itself is an action that's emphasized throughout the entire Bible, throughout the Old Testament in terms of coming into the temple and the New Testament of being present with Jesus and listening to Jesus, but then also listening to the Holy Spirit whom Jesus has imparted to us to guide us, to strengthen us, to give us wisdom in this life. Listening is a critical piece of following Jesus and being a Christian. Jesus talks about it in this way. He doesn't say specifically to listen in this verse, but in Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 through 30, He says, Come to Me, all you that are weary and weary, and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Notice he says, come to me. Come to me. Draw near to me. It's the same thing. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Which of us is not carrying a heavy burden right now? Which of us is not weary? Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And while Jesus doesn't say specifically to listen, to learn is to listen. <laughs> you can't learn without listening to what Jesus has to say. And the consequence of listening to Jesus, of learning from him, is rest for our souls. For Jesus says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Two separate actions here coming before God, making space for God in your life, and listening and learning what God would say. Friends, there's a burden in this life that we all feel, a weight, a heaviness. It's the weight of sin. The things that we do to one another, the mistakes that we make in our life, and oftentimes we tend to make it worse. We pile on through our words, through our thoughts that contribute to our sinful nature. And that's why Solomon invites us to first refrain from adding to the burden. Let your words be few, he says, and draw near to listen to God. And then Jesus invites those who love Him to come to Him, to learn from Him and listen from Him. Through listening to God's wisdom, we learn how to not add to the burden of this life. And Jesus promises to give rest to our souls. When I hear these words from Solomon and these words from Jesus, I think of the way that I felt uh, in the workplace is thinking, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing everything that I know how. And the the best thing that I can do is not make it worse. (laughs) To just continue to do what I feel I can do. Jesus uses the image of a metaphor or a yoke. And I've thought all week about how to communicate this to you. We don't uh, use this metaphor anymore. We don't see these anymore. But a yoke would literally combine the strength and power of two uh, oxen. We don't even talk about oxen anymore. Like a horse or a cow. And they would do the work together uh, that would be very difficult for one to do. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and life will be that much easier. And while it's not a metaphor that we use, we can understand what Jesus is trying to say is that by learning from and listening to Jesus, by trusting in Him, that the burden of this life will be less. That He absorbs the sinful nature that we live with. He takes the burden from us and forgives us for our mistakes. We don't need to feel the burdens of this life as much as we could, as much as we would without Jesus, because we can say, I know that I'm doing what I need to do. I'm learning from Jesus, and I'm living by what He tells me to li- Living in the way that He tells me to live. I know that God is pleased with me, because I'm reading His Word. I'm talking with Him continually throughout the day. I know that I'm doing what needs to be done. I can't change my circumstances, but I'm doing what God would ask me to do. And I also know, this is important, that Jesus forgives me for any mistakes that I'll make along the way because we all continue to make mistakes. There's no question about that. Jesus says that by uh, coming to Him and following Him, we'll find rest for our souls. And Solomon goes on to say that listening to God leads to contentment. Listening to God leads to contentment because if you're living by God's wisdom and you know that you're doing the best that you can, you're having a respect and reverence for God, you're watching your word so that you don't make more mistakes than necessary, you can just sort of trust the process and enjoy the ups and downs of life without having to try and figure it out, without having to try and change anything. You just accept the, the Circumstances that you're experiencing, and take comfort in knowing that God is there with you. Solomon goes on to say this This is what I have seen to be good. It is fitting to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of life that God gives us. For this is our lot, it's an acceptance that Solomon is offering. Likewise, all to whom God gives wealth and possessions and whom He enables to enjoy them and accept their lot and find enjoyment in their toil. This is the gift of God to find enjoyment in their toil, not separate from their toil. In their toil. This is the gift of God. For they will scarcely brood over the days of their lives because God keeps them occupied with the joy of their hearts. With the joy of their hearts. Friends, the way that we can experience contentment during a pandemic, during the ups and downs that we're all experiencing is to draw near to God as often as we can to listen. So that we can know that we're doing absolutely everything that we can from God's perspective Not from ours. Because God's wisdom is far beyond, far greater than we can possibly imagine. And as we've seen in every text that we've read today, (laughs) God's standard for our life is far higher than we would have for ourselves oftentimes. But God's grace is sufficient to help us to rise to that level, living with Christ-like character. So my question for you today is, How can you draw near to God in this next week? In other words, to make space in your life. You can't literally enter the temple, the church building, but you can go into a quiet room and close the door, even for five minutes. You can turn off the news as a way of drawing near to God. This is going to be hard, and you're watching through Facebook. You can turn off Facebook. (laughs) as a way of drawing near to God. We can't listen if we're talking or typing or engaging our mind in all kinds of distraction. So how can you draw near to God this week? And then, how can you refrain from speaking? This is where it really gets hard because we speak with both our, our words and our heart. And it's really hard to listen to God, if we continue to talk out our problems, even within the quiet of our own heart. This is the hope that I present to you today, that if you make a continual, serious effort to make space for God in your life, you are going to glean God's wisdom. You are going to absorb God's wisdom, and yes, you'll make mistakes, but you'll know that you're doing everything you can, even in this pandemic in receiving the best possible wisdom there is. Not what I would say. Not what any leader would say that you might follow on Facebook or Twitter. But you're getting your wisdom directly from God imparted by the Holy Spirit. When you know that you're doing everything you can, when, you're, when you know at least you can start to trust that God is pleased with what you're doing, the door to contentment opens. We should be more worried about God being satisfied with us than anybody else. Friends, we all know it's going to continue to be hard. Hopefully, only for another six months, but who knows? As we enter into another round of shutdowns, uh, it's not quite as extreme, but still difficult, still frustrating. Still extremely challenging. But we've been here before. We've learned new skills. Uh, As a church, we've learned new skills. You as individuals have learned new skills. How many of you now know how to use Zoom and you'd never heard of it in March? (laughs) We've been here before. Let's try a different way this time. Let's try to draw near to God and listen Let's mark this as a new day when we're going to listen to God and speak less. Listening boils down to an acceptance of circumstances. That's what I learned in the toxic workplace. That acceptance and knowing you're doing everything you can is what matters most. And time will tell the story. Time will sort out the rest. Time will show who's right, who's wrong, what we could have done different. Time will figure that out. The most important thing what we can do is come to Jesus and allow Him to give, our rest, give rest to our souls. Making the shift to listening uh, to my mentors brought far more contentment than I thought was possible during those difficult years. And through listening, I found uh, affirmation and support, encouragement and wisdom, not by rehashing my problems or the things that I was frustrated by, but just being present listening to those people and listening to God. God offers all of this when we draw near to listen. The affirmation that we need, the wisdom, the encouragement, the hope. As we continue to face the challenges of 2020 and 2021, unfortunately, let's try to speak less and listen more for God so that we can be filled with the peace and joy that God wants for all his children. I'm certain that we could all use the rest that Jesus offers to our souls. Amen. So, I'm going to have just a little bit of silence as we would normally do if you were here. Uh, But first, I want to ask these questions, and we'll pull these up on the slide as well so you can see them. Ask these questions of, what went well this week? And another way of saying this is is to say, if you want to go a little bit deeper, say, uh, this is how I experienced God's grace this week. And I would encourage you to write these things down. So if you need to go and grab a piece of paper and a pen, or type it out on your computer or whatever... This is an important kind of way of journaling so that you can see that God has been present in your life. That God has been imparting grace to you. But we need to slow down and recognize the ways that God has been acting. So how have you experienced God's grace this week? What went well? What were the joys that you experienced? And secondly, what do you need to do this week Another way of saying this is, how do you need God's grace? Maybe it's in relation to anything that we've talked about so far. Maybe it's something completely different. But how do you specifically need God's grace this week? I invite you to reflect upon those two questions and whatever else God has brought to your heart. As we have a moment of silence, I'm going to set my watch for just one minute. And then I'll bring us together in prayer. Let's try to draw near to God together and listen to what Jesus might tell us. God, there is so much in this world that grabs our attention, that pulls on our heartstrings, both for good and for bad. Lord, we can chase after the desires of our hearts and the things we want, the goals we set, the accomplishments we seek after. And Lord, we can also be pulled and twisted and pushed around by our fears by our anxiety. And God, this life can feel so heavy, especially now. So Lord, we pray that as we move forward this week that you would equip us. God, give us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to understand the ways that we can make space for you in our life. Maybe even just on the car ride. To have some silence. Turning off the radio or the news. Whatever. It's so different for each of us, Lord. So we are dependent upon you and your wisdom to help us to see the ways that we can draw near to you. To come close to you so that we can listen. To speak less and to listen. So that we can know that we are doing the best that we can. In your eyes opening the door to contentment with you. So Jesus, we pray all this in your name and we also pray now in the prayer that you taught us to pray.